Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. It's Jennifer here from the Simply and Fiercely Show. And today we are going to talk about the emotional cycle of decluttering and simplifying. And now you might be thinking, well, gee, that's a strange topic, Jen. And you would be correct. It's not something that I came up with on my own. It was inspired by something that I've read in a book. So just to give credit to all the appropriate sources, the book is called The 12 Week Year, which is by Brian P. Morgan and Michael Lennington. But the concept, which is actually called The Emotional Cycle of Change, is something that was created by psychologists Don Kelly and Daryl Connor. And basically, it's five stages that everyone goes through when they're going through any kind of change in life, right? So for me, and the reason that I'm recording this podcast episode is that when I read about the five stages, I was like, oh gosh, that is exactly what I went through when I was trying to declutter and simplify. But theoretically, I'm sure that's not what the psychologists were thinking about. It is something that I could apply when you're making any kind of change in your life, right? Like changing a new career or a new relationship, etc. But obviously, that's not what we care about here today. So what I thought I would do is just walk you through these five stages and just sort of tell you the story of how I experienced those stages on my decluttering and simplifying journey. And also, I think that understanding this will help you if you're getting stuck. It very clearly explains why a lot of people get in that cycle where, you know, they're really excited about decluttering and they get started and then they give it a bit of a go and then they get burnt out and they quit and then they start again, but they never really get any traction. They never really make any progress or make the progress that they're hoping to achieve. And so the good news is if that's something that you're struggling with, this cycle really breaks it down and explains why it's happening. So I thought we'd do something different and I would just explain this cycle from the perspective of someone who is decluttering and simplifying their life. So we'll start with stage one. (laughs) And I'm laughing because the name (laughs) cracks me up. Sorry. It is called uninformed optimism. And raise your hand if you felt uninformed optimism when you first started decluttering and simplifying, because let me tell you, I did. So just for any of you who haven't heard my story, when I first discovered minimalism, it was through a blog post, right? Like a lot of people. And I read this blog post and I was like, oh my gosh, this idea sounds fantastic, right? It was the concept that if I could just declutter and have less stuff, then I would have less stress. And I was like, well, who doesn't want less stress? This seems so simple in theory. I'm just going to go through my home, get rid of some of my crap, and then tons of my problems are going to go away. Fantastic. I was uninformed and very optimistic. So that's stage one. Stage two, which is another name that makes me laugh, is called informed pessimism. And this, again, is something that I know very well. And so like a lot of people, I was very excited about decluttering and simplifying. So I can vividly remember taking everything out of my closet, emptying all of my drawers. I was a shopaholic. I had so many clothes and I just dumped it all over my bed. 
dumped it into piles on the floor with a lot of initial gusto, started going through everything, right? And I'm sorting everything one by one. You know, I'm asking, does this bring joy? I'm trying everything on. I'm making decisions. Should I keep it? Should I toss it? Should I donate it? Etc. And while I started with that uninformed optimism, it very quickly turned into informed pessimism. Oh my God, I'm thinking this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be, right? And before quickly, you look at the clock and it's like two hours have passed and you've gone through like 10 things and you start to realize this is not going to be as easy as I thought it was going to be, right? And so the pessimism kicked in and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? You're regretting all your life choices. You're thinking, why did I dump everything on the bed in the first place? Now I've got this mess, right? It feels kind of crappy. And so that stage is, as I said, informed pessimism. But we keep kind of putting along, we keep trying. And then we get to the third stage, which is another funny name. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing at this. It just amuses me. The third stage is the valley of despair. (laughs) And who here has been in the valley of despair when it comes to decluttering? Oh my God, I think we all have, right? Like, I think maybe I already jumped the gun. That valley of despair is when you look around, I think, at the job that you have committed to doing, you're looking around at everything and you're just like, this is impossible. What was I thinking? I'm never going to be able to do this, right? Or, you know, possibly even worse, and this is something I struggled with, I had quite a lot of negative thoughts about myself, like, oh, Jen, you're an idiot. Like, this should be so simple, right? I'm thinking back to my previous optimistic self. This should be so simple. Why is it so hard? What is wrong with you? And just this really like explosion of negative thoughts where I'm like, I can't do this. It's too hard. And so if you've ever experienced that, that is what they call the valley of despair. And so following on the work of these psychologists, what they sort of say is that that's where most people quit. And yep, again, raising my hand, I can vouch for that. They quit then some time pass and they start back again. So maybe enough time has passed that you kind of, it's a bit like, um, what's that joke that like women don't remember childbirth because if they did, they would never have more than one kid. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Like you kind of, your memories, your brain is hiding your memories of your last decluttering experience because it was so unpleasant. So you start to feel optimistic again. Maybe you read some blog posts. Maybe you're listening to my podcast right now and you're like, yeah, I can do this, right? So you've got some new optimism. But then again, you fall into informed pessimism and then the valley of despair and so on and so on. And this process repeats and repeats until you give up. And as I said, it took me several years from my first attempt to declutter until I started to make any kind of significant process with progress with decluttering or minimalism or simplifying. Now, how do you get through the valley of despair? How do you get through the other side? What is very interesting, and not to toot my own horn, but this is something I've always teached. In fact, if you listen to the last episode of the podcast, I talk about it there. I talk about the power of having a compelling vision and using that to fuel your choices, right? Decluttering not from a place of sort of punishing yourself or forcing yourself to do things, but having it come from a place where you're being fueled by your vision. And I am quite happy to see that I'm not just making that up. Apparently, these psychologists agree as well. So they're saying it's precisely at this stage, the valley of despair, that having a compelling vision is critical. It's just like when you've done anything in your life that's hard, right? 
There's always going to be things where we want to give up, things where everything feels too difficult to do, things, especially when you're in that valley of despair, where you want to give up, you want to throw everything out the window and say that I can't do this, this is too hard. But when you have a compelling vision, something that you really want, something that is on the other side of the valley of despair that you want more, where you're more attached to that outcome, where you're willing to go through the pain of wading through the valley of despair because you want what's on the other side so badly. And so that's what they talk about, these psychologists. And it's this concept of having a really strong vision. And so like one of the examples they talk about, and it's actually quite funny because I did this myself when I was like 10, I really wanted a brand new bicycle. I really wanted one. All the kids had one. You know, it was a fun thing to have. And so my mom told me I could get one if I earned the money. And so at the time, my grandparents had a Chinese restaurant. So I worked every weekend for an entire summer until I could have the money to buy the spike. And of course, right, like no kid wants to work every weekend in a hot kitchen coming home smelling like Chinese food. But I did it. I went through that valley of despair because what I wanted on the other end was that bike and I wanted it so much. And it's tapping into that same kind of energy. Only again, if you listen to my last episode, you know, with adults, it's less about like wanting a bicycle and more about thinking about the way that you want to live. The way that I always think about it is to think, what value do you think that decluttering is going to bring to your life, right? What is that vision for yourself? How do you think it's going to change your life? And really tapping into that what. And as I mentioned in the last episode, I actually have a whole program called Values and Vision, where all we do is we talk about, well, it's not all we do, but the first half of the course is all about establishing a strong vision. Because then when we have that strong vision, it creates almost like an internal culture within us. We are self-motivated to do hard things, right? And so what they talk about in this book is that that is how you get through the valley of despair. And then once you push through it, you start to get what's called informed optimism. Now, this is something I talk about with my students when we're talking about decluttering. I believe that there's a cycle that we go through when we declutter. It starts with creating clarity, right? Which is kind of the same as your vision, creating clarity about what you want to achieve. Then we start taking intentional action, right? So we start doing the work of decluttering, using our vision to fuel our choices. And then we practice something that's called compassionate curiosity, which is where we start to reflect on, okay, well, why is it hard for me to let go? Why am I so attached to this t-shirt? What are the roots of my clutter, right? And it's um, beyond the scope of what I could talk about in this episode, but we really have to get at the heart of why it's hard for us to let go. What is our relationship with our clutter? And that, I think, is where the valley of despair comes from. I was kind of joking earlier and saying that it's about the big mess, but it's actually less about the mess, less about the physical work, but more about having to do that heavy emotional work, right? Having to do the heavy emotional lifting, which is very uncomfortable. And so that's where we want to bail. That's where we quit on the valley of despair. But every time you complete the decluttering cycle, every time you work through those emotions, you learn a little bit more about yourself, get better at using the process, you are technically, the way that I teach it in my course is that there's learning to declutter and there's learning how to let go. And learning how to let go is the hard part. You could read a hundred blog posts about how to declutter because the concept is simple, right? You just go through stuff and decide what to keep. You don't need a course to teach you that. You don't need really help. But it's the emotional part of letting go. How do you overcome that feeling of attachment to release something, right? 
that is the hard bit. That is where you fall into the valley of despair and that's where you want to quit. But every time you let go of something, you get a little bit stronger, right? You learn something about yourself. You do it and you say, oh, hey, I did that and everything's okay. But that felt really emotionally hard. I thought I was going to need that later. I didn't think I would be able to do it, but look, I did. And now, if anything, you create self-trust, self-awareness, and that's where you step into this fourth step that you talk about, which is this informed optimism. Now you're like, I can do this, right? I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm learning. I'm learning the skill of decluttering. I've gone through these hard processes and I can keep going now. And I feel optimistic, <laughs> which is the point, right? And it's a good feeling. And so again, if we sort of refer back to these psychologists, what they're sort of saying is that this, once you've reached informed optimism, your likelihood of success is much higher. At that point, you just have to keep going. And again, that's why I believe that having a strong vision for your life, having a strong why, knowing why you do the things that you want to do or the things that you are doing here, that is what keeps you going. Because my experience, and I just want to point this out for anyone who's new here or anyone who just needs to hear this, the road to simplifying and decluttering is long. I personally don't think you ever get to the end, so to speak, because yes, you'll get over that like initial hurdle of decluttering a lot of stuff from your home. But as long as you're alive, there's always going to be additional demands for your money, for your time, for your attention, for your space, right? We're going to have to constantly be practicing the skill of simplifying. This is, you have to be in there for the long haul, okay? Because I can tell you that, what was it? I think it was 2012, I decluttered 80% of my belongings, right? And I was all like, oh, look at me. I'm doing so great. I'm a minimalist, right? And yes, I, I made a lot of progress and I was proud of that. But to really achieve a lot of the benefits of simplifying and minimalism that I talk about all the time on this podcast, that took time. I made that initial pass of letting things go, but I still had so much to learn about myself. I still had so far to come in. It was sort of like I cleared that 80%. That was a lot of the low-hanging fruit. And then there was stickier stuff, right? I still had things that I was hanging on to that were difficult. And that was nothing compared to really also tackling, you know, the busyness and the schedule, the way that my self-worth is tied to my productivity, right? There's so much further that you can go with simplifying, okay? And that's a long road. And as I said in this book with these very intelligent people, <laughs> they're saying that the key is to keep going. You just have to not give up. And for me, the way to keep going, the way to keep finding that grit, that endurance is the attachment to your vision. And not even attachment, I want to say belief. And that's what I actually teach in my values and vision program is I teach about how to believe in your vision to such an extent that it's just like part of your culture. It's just like, I don't have to force myself. I believe it. Just like I believe, you know, this is kind of a silly one, but an example I often use is sort of talking about like the beauty industry, right? I don't have to get dressed in the morning and really think about, well, what, how do I want to look to be, feel beautiful? I sort of have this cultural vision, whether it's correct or not, that guides my choices. Okay. And so what I'm saying is that you need to create your own internal vision for your life not being influenced by the outside world like we are with beauty, but you create this internal vision for your life that guides your choices and keeps you going. I hope that makes sense. I feel like that wasn't the best analogy, but <laughs> stick with me. And then we get to the fifth stage of the emotional change, which is success and fulfillment. And as I said, the way that they've sort of put this is like it's a finish line. 
I don't really think of it that way, but I do think we get to a point like where I am now is I have spent so many years doing this kind of work that it doesn't mean I never make mistakes. I don't buy clothes I don't wear or end up with a bit of clutter, but I catch myself quicker and I'm able to recognize the habits and the patterns that I can see what I'm doing with myself. And I'm constantly pulling it back to my vision, constantly pulling it back to, is this in alignment with the life that I want to live? And if not, what do I need to do to change it? And that I think is where the real magic happens, right? We can all talk about how minimalism and decluttering, how it's life-changing, but it's not because you have less stuff. It's not because you have more time. It's not because you're not spending it much. It's because of the transformation that happens within what you learn about yourself when you go through this whole process and how you can start bringing parts of your vision into your everyday life. How can you start living true to yourself now? Okay. And so I hope that helps. I just encourage you, I guess, if you're struggling or if you're having a hard time finding the desire to keep going, first try to tap into that vision that you have yourself. What's your why? What is the what matters that you're working towards? And also remember that these ups and downs are normal. You're going to go through the valley of despair and it doesn't mean that you are bad. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, that you're not good at it. It just means that it's normal and you have to hold tight and you have to hold that belief. You have to hold tight to that belief of your vision, what you care about, and keep going. And I promise that when you do, it's all worth it when you get out the other end. Thanks so much for your time. Have a lovely day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time. Thanks again.